Hi guys, this is Jackie Cooper. I'm with J. Cooper Travels, but today we are on the Cooper Virtual Career Day podcast. And today I have the pleasure and honor of um, sharing Wilma and her story. Um, because at this podcast, the purpose of the podcast is to have you as um, elementary, middle, and high school students learn about different options that you have um, as you think about careers and to learn just what what options and paths there are. So Wilma, thank you so much for being on. And I know that we were talking about both um, the philosophy of how do you choose you know, a career and why do you stay in a career? So you want to share a little bit more about your path and some of the choices that you've made because you have a lot of wisdom and it's it's important for people to hear. <laughs> Thank you so much. Well, my original career was, I was a teacher and um, I, I loved what I did. I loved my students. I loved everything that was going on in my classroom. And my husband and I made the decision to relocate from one state to the next. Uh, because of a, a wonderful business opportunity for him. Well, when we moved to the state that we're in right now, uh, they didn't. I was two thirds of the way through a doctorate. I had a master's and I had my undergraduate. And the Department of Education, where we live now, didn't care that I had all that background. I was going to take 18 hours of basic courses before they let me even substitute teaching. I just said, I'm not doing that. So after 17 years of teaching, I left that career. Um, it kind of broke my heart to do that, but at the same time, I began a business with Mary Kay Cosmetics, and instead of teaching little kids, I was teaching adults. I taught skincare, and well, I'm teaching skincare with Mary Kay Cosmetics. And I will tell you this, I don't have discipline problems. I don't have to send anybody out of the room for misbehaving because we're all having fun. I, uh, if I need extra money, I can just go hold more appointments. I love to be creative and so I'm able to be creative with packaging and selling and all kinds of things with my Mary Kay business. And the business itself has been very good for my, me and my family. My husband left that corporate job after 12 years and uh, he, didn't have, he didn't have employment. And he said to me, he said, do you think that Mary Kay can look after us? And I said, well, maybe I need to get serious about treating it like a business. And let's see what happened. Well, in six months, my unit had qualified for a car, and this year has been my 29th year in the quarter sales. So it's possible to do anything that you set your mind to. It's just that you, everybody says, well, I want to set my own hours. Well, yeah, you can set your own hours, but you need to plan to work that hours. And it depends on what you want from the business. If you want to dibble and dabble with it, then you fiddle and dabble with it. But if you want to work, you get in and you work and you apply yourself. The length of time I've been with this company, even with the COVID situation, my business is still strong because I've worked to build very strong, loyal customers. And I think that uh, if you want to be in business for yourself, I encourage that. The nation was built on that. Where do you think we got the general store and the horseshoe, the, the blacksmith and the the doctor, all those people that settled America were independent entrepreneurs with a lot of courage that went west with all the mess that went with all of that settling of the west. And I think it's really important for us to realize that it's important for us with people, no, no matter what we do. It's important to be patient. It's important to be polite. And it's and, and it's important, patient, polite, and persistent. <laughs> and you just don't give up on what you set out to do. Keep it in your head what you want to do. 
when you have the vision, know that it's not going to be easy, but it, it will work when you work. You just keep working and figure out another way to get around that tree. You may have to cut it down. Sometimes you have to climb it. And sometimes it's easy as walking around it. But you just stick in, hang in there with it. And if you're not willing to commit your energy to something like that, maybe it's important then for you to get a, a job and be employed. Have somebody else tell you what to do. Because there have been times in my life I've worked for other people and I didn't particularly like being told what I had to do, but I had that paycheck coming in. That was what I was there for was to make the money. So if you want to be happy, you might, you might be really happy working for somebody else. But I think we all have to try it to see what we like, because sometimes trying something, we fall in love with it. But if we get tired of that situation, we might think that, okay, maybe I need to go try something else. Well, maybe you need to go try something else so that you know whether you want to stay where you were or you want to stay in that new something else. Um, it's just take a look and work. And, and if things seem to fit, you may not know it fits until you try it. That's the whole thing. That's why we all try on a, a smaller set of shoes before we put on the right pair. I think you said it all. I think I can't even summarize. And I don't even think that there are any more questions I need to ask. Thank you so much for being on here and sharing your wisdom. I think that this is a, a gem and that everyone who is thinking about a career or, um, you know, a job, the same things apply. So thank you so much, Wilma, for being on here. Um, I look forward to talking to you again. And um, guys, if you have any questions for Wilma on our Baklavai business or about Mary Kay, there'll be contact information in the little pod, uh, the, the block area of pod, the podcast, and also on the YouTube. Talk Talk to you soon. Thank you, Jeff. Hi guys, this is Jackie Cooper with J. Cooper Travels and also Crypto Mom because I have two different podcasts that focus on um both cryptocurrency as well as travel because you can use both in those areas. I have Kelly on today. Kelly, thank you so much for being back on the podcast. For those that haven't uh, been following us, can you introduce yourself and just share with them a little bit about your background and what you do and what life with crypto is all about because you've done such wonderful things. So give a little intro. Okay. Thank you so much, Jackie. I'm happy to. So my name is Kelly Sunshaw Barrett. I am an enrolled agent and a licensed tax consultant in the state of Oregon. And I have an interest in cryptocurrency. I've been involved in crypto since 2015. And um, I kind of got, well, you could say I got screwed a little bit in 2015 uh, when I was starting to play with Bitcoin. And I met some unscrupulous people that um, swindled me out of some of my Bitcoin because I didn't understand and after, because of that event um, that happened, and I, I really wanted to help educate other folks. And so I decided to create a website. And I started uh, Life with Crypto, lifewithcrypto.com, which is an educational site for everyday people to learn about what cryptocurrencies are all about, how to use them, how to invest them, how to store them, how to tax, you know, how you get taxed on them. And uh, yeah, that's what I do. Yep. And I, um, uh, came across you because of one of our Facebook groups and I was interested in learning more about what you were doing because 
I've done a small investment in Bizcoin, which is a utility coin. And and um, you are uh, way ahead of me in so many ways. I just got started in the crypto area just a few months ago. So I was searching for someone with your background who uh, could um, educate me as well as you've been doing with other people as well in terms of both the... Um, the, the bookkeeping, the accounting, the tax side, all that other good stuff. Now, you were mentioning, um, I know that we had talked about doing on this podcast, um, sharing information about wallets, because one of the things that I learned um, is that I put money into uh, Bitcoin and it's uh, I've transferred my dollars and it ended up going into euros and then it goes into coins. And um, I learned that there's this thing called a wallet. And so it's like I'm learning what is traditional banking and then what is crypto terminology. So well, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because what I, I like to actually share a little bit of the story that I, we started to share before we started the podcast here. I'd like to yeah. um, share with your audience the story that I started and sort of segue into a little bit about wallets. That'd be um, great. So what I started to talk about is I have a client who is in a, the hemp business and this poor guy has been trying to have a bank account to allow his business to exist. He's making um, good money and yet um, he's been, he's had bank accounts shut down, I believe from three different banks. He's got, he goes in, he's on, he's the most honest guy you'd ever want to meet. Um, he goes in and explains to them what his business is. Hemp is legal in the United States. It's not cannabis. Cannabis is, the, is what banks are usually leery of. Well, we're finding out that they're also leery of hemp. Now, what does this have to do with crypto? Well, part of the reason crypto exists is because people don't trust the current financial system. And banks are part of the current financial system. And so I just got off the phone with him. We were on the phone for about an hour trying to figure out what he's going to do next because he just had his latest bank accounts all shut down. Um, and I'm not going to say what banks because I, I don't know that that would be appropriate. So um, um, he's going to go try with a, with a couple of other local banks who might be friendly. But if they aren't, I was telling him some of the places that you can put your money um, as a store of value, there's two places right now that that the investment world is talking the most about. And those are Bitcoin and gold. And so I told him the same thing. I suggested that he take some of that huge cashier's check he just got because he had his bank accounts were closed and consider going and spending some of that on gold if he doesn't need it to run his business right now or to pay, buy groceries because gold is a great store of value. But then you gotta go buy a nice big heavy safe and bolt it to your garage floor but then I said, you know, if you get that safe, now you can consider having um, a cryptocurrency hardware wallet because even a hardware wallet is disconnected from the internet. That's called a cold wallet. It keeps your uh, cryptocurrencies more safe because they're not accessible uh, by the internet until you hook it up. But you still have to have a safe place to put your hardware wallet. So if he goes and buys a safe, big old humongous safe, he can put his gold in there. He can put his cash in there that he might end up using for his hemp business, but he can also put his cryptocurrency hardware wallet in there. So the other thing I told him is consider, consider having your customers that buy your hemp products because he works with growers. 
he's got relationships with all the growers in our area. Um, and so he connects the growers up with, um, I'm assuming with the people who manufacture products from him. And I said, what would your growers be willing to consider using cryptocurrency if you can't get a bank account? And he's been interested in this for a long time. We've talked about how we can make cryptocurrency work for him. And so um, one of the places I, I told him about today that I would, I'm in the process of checking out as well is called crypto.com. And with crypto.com, there's a, a mobile wallet you can use. So that if you have a mobile wallet, it makes it really easy to send money to people for business or whatever. It just makes it easy to transact. And the beauty I like about crypto.com is they also have their own cards. And you can use these, it's like a credit card. It acts just like a credit card. You use it anywhere Visa and MasterCard, I believe, are used. Um, you can spend your cryptocurrencies via this credit card. And you can, actually, you can spend either U.S. dollars or cryptocurrencies from the same card. How do they do that? I don't know exactly. Well, um tied similar to that with bizcoin uh because it is a utility coin they've created an ecosystem so within the ecosystem you're we're able to purchase gift cards we're also there's an atm that they are um starting to distribute across europe where you can exchange your bizcoin for euros or other currencies they're also in the process of opening up a bank a crypto currency friendly bank and they're also negotiating with visa and mastercard um a way to have um cryptocurrency um integrated with that as well because well, so this, this is the up and coming thing actually. it is um it, it, this is like people are going in my opinion people are going to have a choice of having their money at a traditional bank or having their money at we'll call it a cryptocurrency bank yeah, or not having their money in any version of a bank and holding it themselves. Um, I just went and looked at another uh, merchant service website that's based in the U.S. called BitPay.com, mm -hmm. and they've got their own card available. BitPay mm -hmm. is a merchant service provider that allows somebody to um, allow their customers to pay them in cryptocurrency. And then the merchant can get paid in cryptocurrency or in the, the fiat money. Exactly. And they also have their own cards. It's like, I'm starting to notice that these cards are popping up everywhere. They are. Now, one of the things that I've been cautioned about, because one of my, uh, you're one of my mentors, but one of my mentors overseas has also been saying, there are, the challenges sometimes is you can definitely move from dollars to Bitcoin or other currencies. The challenge is sometimes getting that money back. So when people are using certain portals, you have to f find out how easy is it for it to come back to you um, within the system. That's, um, why, that's why using any version of a bank, by, by virtue of what it is, banks are generally centralized. That means somebody else other than you controls your money when your money, crypto or otherwise, is in their facility. It's on their servers. That means they control it. So as I was telling uh, my client that, um, you know, you might consider not using a bank or a crypto bank and just um, transact directly with your customers using your own wallets. You can have a wallet, like I said, on your mobile phone. Um, so if they've, got a, if they've got a wallet on their phone, you don't have to have an intermediary. 
you just decide, well, how much is the invoice? How much is, how much is it that you need me to send you? You just send them that amount from your wallet to their wallet. They give you the product. You don't have to have an intermediary. So for the, so for those individuals who are just learning about this for the first time, um, I know you said something to me when we were talking a while back, you were explaining how in traditional banks, you don't, we don't really own that account. And so that's one reason why it can be closed down. Do you want to elaborate on that a little bit? Well, as much as I can, can, absolutely. I'm not a banker. I'll tell you up front. I'm a tax accountant by trade and a crypto nut um, by the rest of my life. That's pretty much what I study. Um, but uh, the way banks work is um, fiat money is created by a central bank. That money is distributed from the central banks, mostly digitally, to the um, banks that they charter, that they control. And you use the bank's money to buy a house, to buy a car, to buy whatever, and then you pay that money back to the bank. Well, we never own the money. It's all owned by the bank. Uh, the bank account can be created and it can be shut down by the bank manager or by whoever decides, you know, what the stipulations are for having accounts. You know, as I just told uh, my client when I was on the phone with him, all banks are created for a particular purpose. They all have their own reason for existing. Now, they don't necessarily come out and tell the public. But I can tell you, uh, having studied some banks over the years as an accountant, uh, for example, U.S. Bank um, is very conservative. So they don't take a lot of risk. And I think that's a good thing in many ways. Other banks like Bank of America, they are a very big risk taker. They uh, got heavily involved in the real estate market back in, um, before the 2008 crash, and they really were hurting afterwards. They lost a lot. Um, uh, Wells Fargo is, uh, oh, I don't know, a little crooked maybe because they create accounts uh, uh, for fake people or create fake accounts. They've been known to do this. So, you know, every bank has... Um, different reasons for existing. Some banks focus more on um, businesses. Some focus more on personal. So they come into existence for a particular reason, and we have to live within those reasons. We have to be okay with those because they own the accounts and they decide which kind of customer they're going to have. And if you don't stay within their guidelines, they can cut you off which is what's happening to many of my clients. I've had three clients in just in this last year. This has never happened to me before. I've been in business since 2006. And just this year, I've had three different clients have their bank accounts shut down. And they aren't given any good reasons. Um, and you're, yeah, I, I also know of, of individuals overseas that have had similar situations. And so their their accounts have been closed down too. And, and they've been involved with... Um, Bitcoin and other currencies that are recognized. So, um, so going back, so we have the traditional bank account and now we have this wallet that we've talked mm -hmm. about. Um, so you talked about the hard wallet. I know I've tried to open up a wallet and I guess I wasn't patient, but I was given a certain number of words. Can you explain yes. the Can you explain the process of what this soft wallet is? You know, that sure. I, I'll, 
I'll do my best. So um, when you have a wallet on your phone or on your computer, those are called software wallets. Because really, it's not a wallet. You know, it's not like the wallet you put in your back pocket. Uh, a wallet really is just software. And the software is designed to hold your cryptocurrency. Uh, let's say we'll talk about Bitcoin. It's designed to hold your Bitcoin address and your Bitcoin private keys. Well, whenever you initiate a transaction on the Bitcoin blockchain, they always recommend that you use a different address each time. It just protects your anonym anonymity. Um, sometimes we get lazy and we'll use the same uh, address over and over again. But if, we, if you're smart and you use multiple addresses, you need a place to hold those. So your wallet is a place to hold all your different addresses and it's a place to hold the private key. Now, um, the developers of software wallets are trying their hardest to make it easy for people. So they've created um, these seed phrases. So the 12 words, 12 or 24 words, I'm making a four because four times four times four is 12. Um, it's either usually 12 or 24 words. When you're creating a wallet, they'll, they'll tell you this is your seed phrase. Write down these 12 or 24 words in the exact order that we give them to you because it's like it's very much similar to a password. It's just harder to crack than a regular password. They don't let you create a password. They tell you what your 12 words are, your 12 or 24 words, and you need to write them down. And now if for some reason your let's say your phone crashes and that software wallet that you just installed starts having problems. Um, you can take that wallet off of your phone and go put it on another phone. And as long as you have those uh, seed phrase, that seed phrase, 12 or 24 words, you can restore that wallet back to any other device. Hopefully that helps. It does. Um, is it very difficult to do or not? Which part? To restore the wallet. I don't think it's very hard at all. Um, as long as you've got your words. Um, I haven't, I've done it once um, and it's been a while. Um, but I don't believe it's a difficult process. Um, you, you know, it'll ask, I've seen many wallets that I've started to use and it'll say, do you want to start a new wallet or do you want to, uh, recover a different wallet? And, uh, it'll ask you if you pick that I want to restore, that's the word you'll see. Do I want to restore a different wallet? You tell, you click, I want to restore and it'll ask you what your seed phrase is. So I just want to say, just for the record, that um, neither you or I are giving any financial advice. We're just expressing our opinions as to areas that we actually have um, investigated that we're doing for ourselves. But um, I know that you, uh, in talking with you, you have said that um, that right now it seems as if cryptocurrency is on the rise in terms of value and that for about two years it was what you called a winter um do you want to explain anything more about that well um yes we've had what we call a crypto winter which pretty much started around january february so of 2018. we had the big bubble that went up in uh, late 2017 where uh, crypto, uh bitcoin went from somewhere around i don't know eleven twelve hundred dollars up to twenty thousand dollars um I know because um, I sold some right before it went to the moon because uh, I didn't know that's what was about to happen. And um, and then it, it, it all mostly fell 80, 90, 80 to 90 to 95 percent in 2018. Some of it came back a little bit and it's been pretty flat for the last two years. 
And for some reason, it's time. You know, everything happens in cycles when it comes to markets. And the crypto winter can't last forever unless crypto is going to completely go away. And I don't believe it's going to. So we are starting to see um, uh, the prices come back up. I mean, Bitcoin earlier this year fell all the way down to $3,500. I missed the bottom, but I bought a little bit when it uh, bounced up to 5000 And um, it's now up to about 11500 somewhere around there. So it's already done really good. But it's just getting started, I believe, for this next uh, crypto summer, we'll call it. And I, I don't have a crystal ball. Um, um, I follow a lot of experts online. And I don't just listen to one or two. I follow a lot of them. And so I get my information by listening to what everybody has to say. And then I, I run that through my own filters. And, I, and I'm agreeing that it seems to me like we're starting the next bull run. And one of the, some of the things that have to be in place for a, full, for a bull run to start is there has to be some good news coming out in, in the crypto sphere. What, what new things are, are happening? You know, it, it, because for a while, all we hear about are things that are being hacked. There's always hacks going on. Crypto is software based. Um, so, and it's still early in its existence. So uh, making things more and more secure is ongoing. But there's a lot of cool stuff happening in the blockchain world. And don't ask me what it is because there's too much for me to even pick one right off the top of my head, except for we just mentioned one of them. You know, these cards that you can get, that's a fairly new development. The biggest development in 2020, which the cards are part of, is DeFi. And DeFi stands for decentralized finance. This is the hottest, hottest topic in 2020 for crypto. Um, um, if you have certain coins, you can stake them. Mm -hmm. S-T-A-K-E. And staking is a way to not sell your coins, but to earn some interest on it. It's one way. They call it rewards because they don't know what else to call it, but it's very similar to earning interest. Yeah. And so I've been experimenting with doing some staking, and it's been pretty profitable so far. It's been pretty cool. I don't have to sell my crypto, and yet I can still earn anywhere from 5 to 10% um, in interest through uh, staking rewards. So these things, this, this DeFi stuff is really, it's so hot that I think that's a big driver of the current bull run. It's interesting that you use the word staking because that's actually why I got involved with uh, BizCoin because I have it in my wallet and it's earning passive income because um, the company is actually trading it and then it actually comes back into the wallet. So it's sort of like what you're talking about. It's earning interest on it. Um, through uh, the process that the company has set up. I do want to mention something, though. Um, for those that are listening or watching the video, I do want you, there's the little block that's above the podcast and also above the, uh, the YouTube. I will have information there for Life with Crypto because you really should go and check it out. And also, for those that are in the tax field, I know that Kelly is going to be, um, she has a variety of courses and other things that she's developing and doing. And if you have no clue or if you've had an interest or if you're curious about this or if you have clients who actually um, are coming to you with this, um, definitely reach out to Kelly because um, she is a professional consultant as well as being a professional in her field. And she can... Um, provide you with training and consult services. So I would, um, that's one of the reasons why I'm, I'm doing this podcast too, because I am just asking my own accountant, 
he didn't, he wasn't aware. He didn't know what to do to support me. And so I knew I had to search for individuals that had that knowledge base. So I know that as you have said, Kelly, this is uh, an area that's not going away. More and more of us um, in the general population um, and I include myself because I'm not an expert in this, um, but it's something that I'm very interested in, are going to be both dabbling in it and doing it more frequently. And then as these cards get, you know, more popular, it's just like the ATMs and the credit cards. When it becomes more popular and more widespread, all of a sudden, we're going to be doing this naturally. And so again, as a professional tax person who might be listening, reach out to Kelly, because this is an area that um, is about to unfold new clients for you. So yeah, I'm, I'm available to talk with uh, individuals. I am doing some private consulting for individuals who want to talk privately about their specific situation. There is a small fee. Um, eventually I'm going to have a um, we're working on a brand new website for uh, Crypto Tax Coach. It's not up yet, but as soon as it becomes available, there'll be a place on there where people can schedule some time with me uh, if they want to talk privately about their particular situation. So be on the lookout. It might take a couple of months before that is uh, up and running, but we are working on it as we speak. Well, uh, Kelly, thank you so much for your time today. Um, guys, go ahead and subscribe to uh, my podcast and the YouTube channels because uh, there will be future podcasts as we come across new topics in this field. Uh, blockchain is definitely developing. There's um, remarkable things happening all the time and we're going to keep you up to date in it. So Kelly, Kelly thank you so much for uh, being on. I look forward to seeing you again. Thanks for having me. It's always a pleasure to talk to you.